This is Daizenshu EX, the podcast, episode 54 for the week of December 3rd, 2006. Welcome to Daizenshu EX, the podcast. That's right, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizenshu EX. We cover anything and. Everything? Everything. Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening. And a little bit of entertaining on this evening here. It's just Mike and Mary tonight. That's right, it's a hot night for two and our audience. Yeah. We are recording Friday night per our typical recording schedule. And uh, who do we have here? Well, you have myself, Mike Labrie. Perhaps you know me as Vegito EX. And to my less than proverbial right, the one and only, the phenomenal, not Mary, not... Mayor, M-E-R-I. Damn Mary. straight. Mary. You got it. I, well, Mary, I, like, I know what like it is. Like bad joke, Merry Christmas. How many times have you heard this in your life? I don't want to count, but it's not funny. It's a large number. It's a very large number. It's just you and me. Yippers. Julian is singing somewhere. Good for him. He's... He does that well. Uh, yes. But he tends not to get paid for it. That's true. So he's doing it because he's a good boy. It's a lonely evening. We don't have Julian. Typically, when we don't have Julian, we would have someone come over and pop in with fun jokes from time to time. Uh, Usually that means either Jeff or Andrew. Well, Jeff is out in California right now. Right, he's getting massive training thanks to Apple. All on Apple's tab. Right. Man, I've always got a cool job. (laughs) And then uh, that means Andrew would typically be over anyways, but it's a monsoon outside. Yeah, um, funny story that. (laughs) We decided to go out and get a bottle of Coke just as the monsoon hit. No sooner do we get into the car than sheets of rain just start hitting us. And I'm like, hmm, do we really need that bottle of Coke? I couldn't really see the road. Yeah, thankfully the uh, little mini mart was only down the street less than a mile, so we figured we can make it. But by the time we actually got there, the monsoon kind of ended. But it's enough for, you know, Andrew to not come out and drive here. I understand. I don't. I'm very sad. You don't want him to risk your life. <laughs> risk my I life? I mean, his life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, it's just you and me, but we have lots of cool stuff to go over. And uh, I'd like to start it off by saying I received Jump Ultimate Stars this week. Hells yeah, baby! Fucking phenomenal. Absolutely great game. I was a huge fan of Jump Superstars. And this game is just sweet. It looks like it's exceedingly insane in terms of its number of characters. And the animation seems a little bit better. Oh, it's so nice. I mean, I only played for a few minutes and I can tell that it was different. And um, and this might just be me sucking and not playing the first game enough. But they seem <laughs> to be doing a lot of uh, kind of diagonal attacks. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mentioned this on the forum, too. But Goku has this attack where... I think it's down and Y. He kind of does this Superman thing where he flies forward with his fists. You can actually stop it in midair if you want, but I kind of didn't realize that. And I kept um, flying myself off the stage by mistake. Did you, like, lose a life? Yeah. Nice. But now I know what to do. We're not going to review the game just yet because it's a rather large game. Lots of characters, lots of stages. You want to make sure you have a decent amount of people unlocked before you can warrant talking about it, I suppose. And challenging people online. Well, yes, and making sure that the people that we want to have talk about the game on this very podcast, have the game in their possession. Right. And I don't think they had the game yet. I don't think so either. (laughs) Hopefully they'll get it soon. Right. So uh, look forward to that very soon in the coming weeks, a full review 
on Jump Ultimate Stars. And I guess we should say what it is. Oh, it's, right. <laughs> it's a Nintendo DS game. It's the sequel to a game, Jump Superstars, which also came out on the Nintendo DS. Both games are exclusive to Japan. They're basically Super Smash Brothers on the DS, developed by Nintendo and Gumbarion. And uh, it's with characters from the various jump universes you know dragon ball one piece naruto i'm gonna go around the circle here what else we have uh kenshin new, kenshin new to this one is kinikuman uh d gray man d gray man shaman king death note death note yu yu Hakusho, Yu-Gi-Oh, boba bobo bobo bo, bleach uh hunter hunter ninku dr slum prince of tennis yu Hakusho. I said that one. Uh, 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 slam dunk. Slam dunk. Yes. Gintama. Yes, all fist of, that of stuff. the North Star. Fist of the <laughs> fucking North Star. <laughs> I didn't see any heads exploding. I was sad. Not yet. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Uh, Jump Ultimate Stars, amazing. We'll be talking about it in the future. Uh, never gonna come out in the U.S. You'll have to import it. Uh, shall we move on with the episode? I guess. Let's get it on, bitches. Let's get it on, bitches. Well, we have some news this week. This is great. Yeah. And only a little, little tiny, tiny piece for all you game haters is video game news. We've got music news. We've got game news. And we've got some huge news. This is um more along the lines of what I was thinking of, you know, with Funimation's big announcement. Yeah. It's kind of on that scale that, to me, this is on. This is really big. But we'll save that for last. Right. First bit here. Uh, we mentioned this uh, the end of October. We saw a new listing for a new CD coming out in Japan. We have a full title for the CD. We have a full track listing for the CD. This is Dragon Ball Z Best Remix 2006 One Half Special. That's a um, pretty loaded title there. <laughs> Let's break it down. Dragon Ball Z. Um, Perhaps you've heard I of this. I don't know this. Okay. Best Remix. Okay, so it's going to be some you know, popular songs, probably remixes of and them. And I think in that episode where we originally broke that news, I think we were speculating on what remixes would actually entail. Right. Like we, a, we still don't really know no. what they're going to be. But, uh, 2006, well, it's coming out in 2006. Probably new remixes. And then there's the one half. Now, for those of you who are a little more old school, you'll remember the DBZ hit song collections. Did I say all of that hit song? No, Julian's not here to correct you. That's right. So I can say whatever I want to say. I can just say, oh, no, I usually say hit collections. I did say it right. Damn it. He's rubbing off on me. The hit song collections, there was eight and a half and there's also 18 and a half. And both of those CDs were pretty much full of remix songs. So this just seems like they're kind of, you know, putting in that as a nod to their older CDs. We have a full track listing where there are 14 tracks. Mary, you're looking at the track yes, listing Yes, I am. Right I'm now. looking. Yeah, it's 14. I'm, I'm enthralled by this because I haven't actually sat down to read all the titles. And there's about three songs on here. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I don't think I've heard of these before. One of them is probably Mother Universe. I've not heard of that. I've not heard of Eternal Earth. Yes, you have. I have? It's okay. on uh, Never Ending Story just two. So and you, you actually is, know it. What's Kimi no Sore? That is a song I love. It's all of the all of the big singers mm-hmm. all doing a song together. It's actually a really, really fun song. It's like one of those songs from the 80s where they get together with all the big rock stars and do a benefit song. Yes. Only for Dragon Ball. It's the Dragon Ball singers. <laughs> I really, really love that song. That's definitely one of my favorite image songs. I don't know what a golden compass is. You also know that one. I do. Yeah, that was another one that was on Never Ending Story. It was on the... Uh, the second CD yeah. that I didn't listen well, to. 
It was on the live CD from 98. Oh, okay. It's one of those popular image songs. Everything else I from this list, I think I know. Right. There's a lot of... It's actually kind of half and half. There's a lot of movie ending themes. Maybe Evolve. that's where the half means. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's a good thought. I pulled it out of my ass. Did you like it? Uh, I like most things that come out of your ass. No, that's a lie and you know it. <laughs> uh, we've got your head, Shala. We've got your... we got a power. Actually, we have both openings and endings. Um... Zenkai Power and Bokutachi. And then there's, like we were saying, lots of popular image songs here, the ones Mary's never heard of. <laughs> you know Cool Cool Dandy. Yes, I do. And then there's a lot of uh, nice ending things like Ikusa, which I really hate. That's my least favorite movie ending theme, I think. Which Mo- movie is it? Movie 2. Get it! I like that one. It's a little bit... Jazzy. Uh, I, don't I think I, there's ones I hate more than that. I think that. it's the most out of place. But then uh, one of my favorites, uh, Kimi Ga Hiro. Oh, God, yeah. You I, are the I, hero I, guy. I burst into that um, more times than I care please. to admit. <laughs> Someone please help. It's won't you please help. Oh, I like my version better. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't. can't. We make up our own lyrics <laughs> for this song. <laughs> and you've got Hikari no Tabi, which is the Bardock closing theme. Uh, Burning 5, movie 8 closing theme. So you got a nice mix of songs here. Good stuff. This is coming out on December 20th this year for 2,625 yen. So it's a little over 20 bucks. Uh, Not too shabby. Moving on, we have some video game news here. We're basically already talking about Jump Ultimate Stars, and it looks like we've got some scores coming straight out of Japan. Yeah, Famitsu has given the game 7, 7, 8, and 8. What do those mean? For individual scores. I I understand, but... And then they culminate together into out of 40. Oh, okay. So it's 30 out of 40, which is a pretty decent score. Yeah, it's not lousy. No, it's uh, pretty good. Um, I like the game. I don't know what I'd give it just yet, so you'll find out that in the future. Big news. Massive news. Massive news. Wetting your pants news. This is more like going into an epileptic... Epileptic! Uh, Thank you. Seizure. Maybe peeing your pants at the same time. Possibly drooling over yourself (laughs) and... Losing control of all of your bodily, bodily functions. functions yes. simultaneously. Yeah, simultaneously. We're fans of Dragon Ball. We're also fans of One Piece. Julian is a very large fan of One Piece. Well, not that he's a very large fan. He's, he's a big fan. Uh, never mind. He likes his One Piece. We have... I, I really am speechless with this because we're big fans of Toriyama. So is Oda, the author of One Piece. I remember reading something... I think it was one of those three-way interviews with Toriyama, Oda, and like a moderator or something in one of the books. And Oda was telling the story about how he remembers going to school one day after Kuriden had died for the first time. And he was like crying with all of his friends. <laughs> like, this dude, not only is he a very, very popular current mangaka, but he's a huge Dragon Ball fan. He worships the guy. He worships Toriyama. So imagine for me that maybe Oda and Toriyama do a little teaming up to bring you some crossover goodness. This is too good to be true. This is a little too good to be true. You know, at the most basic level, you got Toriyama drawing new Dragon Ball again. Right, which is huge news in and of itself. But then, you know, we've had the video games lately. We've had the the Jump Stars games on the DS. We've had your Battle Stadium, D-O-N. But this is the actual authors coming together to do something. This is amazing. If I was Oda, I'd... Have a flipping heart attack uh, knowing you no, know, I was doing this. I was living my lifelong dream of collaborating with your hero. 
So let's give them the details on this. This coming Christmas, can you imagine? This is pretty friggin' recent. I'm surprised this only broke recently. Not only is it Jesus's... <laughs> albeit incorrect birthday it's chopper's birthday as well if i remember oh, correctly yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll say christmas coming out this christmas in the 2007 number four number five issue it's a double issue of weekly shonen jump in japan it is going to be a crossover with dragon ball and one piece done by both authors i am dying to know what kind of story this is going to be holy crap i don't know if it's tying into the current one piece story it, it doesn't have or to. if it's going to be a standalone it doesn't matter this is absolutely gigantic if this is anything along the lines of the intro to battle stadium don i would oh, be God. a happy happy I, camper i know i know, I know. Absolutely. So uh, this was actually uh, first noted on the title page for the current One Piece chapter in Weekly Jump um, from this Monday's issue. So this is just coming out now. It's going to be this Christmas. Look forward to it. We are so fucking psyched for this. So can we expect a translation via Julian of Dysentry X? You know, if people are translating One Piece now. They shouldn't be because Viz is doing it. There's going to be translations everywhere. I'm sure Julian will weigh in with um, his own probably more accurate translation. It's going to be all over the place. Okay. So pretty much if you want to find this, I'm sure there's going to be ways, more than enough uh, venues for uh, outputting this thing. Stay tuned in Dizenshu EX. We'll, we will legally provide you with what we feel comfortable with legally providing you. What does that mean? We'll, we'll give you some links to buy the Weekly Jump if you want. Okay. And we'll give you a translation. Because, you know, it's like an official product. I, I don't know. We'll see. If it doesn't come out in a Dunkabone later... Maybe we'll do a scanlation of it. Okay, so it'll be That's a very future how we thing. Work. Right. But stay tuned. We'll give you what we can give you. We are very, very psyched. And that concludes the news, I think. Yeah, what a way to end. What a it's way to end. It's been nearly week after week after week of, like, pretty huge news so far this autumn. Let's just end the fucking episode. Let's end the podcast. We're done. That's it. We're done. That, that concludes Daizenshu EX, the podcast. We've done for a great 54 weeks, but now Oda and Toriyama have come together and I'm just going to go die a happy man now. Well, I guess i got to wait till Christmas. So if i got to wait that long, we might as well continue with the podcast. It kills time. Let's it do does. it. It does. All right. So it's that time of year when uh, I don't really get to work on content for the site as much as I would like to. You work on content for the site? Yeah, I do. I haven't seen a content update to your site since, you know what, I'm not going to fire up your site, but let's say for shits and giggles, seven months. That's not true. Oh, yeah? You know what the big problem is, is I usually make about 20 or so sections and get them to about 80-90% completion. Mm -hmm. And then decides to start a different new section. Yeah, yeah. I, I do have this problem. There's about, you know, three more sites worth of material that isn't up yet. That, that My bad. See, for me and my side, I work on sections, and then we get a Wii, and I play Zelda, and I don't do anything else. That That's true. We get the Wii, and I don't see Mary after work. You see me. That's... I sit in the same place for five hours. <laughs> you can see me all you want. I, I won't see you because my eyes are glazed over. I suppose I can look at you. And I won't even notice. Anyway, back to the subject So what hand. I'm getting at here is that, you know, I'm very good about getting the podcast out every week. Yeah, I suppose one must have a, a weekly goal of some sort. All right. If only to remain disciplined. So my goal here is if I say something on the podcast and I have to get it out with that episode, that forces me to do it. I've been wanting to make some updates to the rumor guide for a while now. A couple of very easy things I could do. But, you know, I always get busy with other things and say, oh, I'll do it later. I found a notebook from a year ago with our notes from the very first few podcast episodes. And it had some to-do lists for Dizenshu EX. This is from a year ago, and I'm just now getting to them. 
So now we're going to get them done. We're going to talk about them. I'm going to put them up on the site. And I'm going to feel like an accomplished person. This episode is not actually an episode. It's Mike doing housekeeping. So <laughs> our apologies. True. But this is some fun stuff. So we're going to dive into the rumor guide here. We're going to hit up three new old rumors. And what I mean by that is they're not really new rumors, but I haven't gotten to them on the site yet. Gotcha. So do you want to go over a quick definition of what, in your mind, constitutes a Dragon Ball rumor? Absolutely. So if you check out the rumor guide on Daizen X, which is one of my favorite sections I on the site. I think people like it too. Yeah. I like looking at it. <laughs> it's, it's very fun. What we do is perhaps you've heard of things over the years like, oh, did you hear there's a live action movie or there's going to be a live action movie? You know, Daizen X, we try to be a very authoritative site. We like to cite our sources. We like to provide examples. That's basically what we do with the rumor guide is we, we don't just give you some hearsay. We show you. Like, where did this come from? How did this originate? Why is some 12-year-old telling me this in a chat room kind of stuff? So pretty much you're proving or disproving things with solid facts and evidence. Absolutely. Great. So we got three we're going to hit up this episode. Uh, one of them is something I see all the time. It's like every month on the dot, I see this on a message board somewhere or I get an email about this. I think it's just fun. We might have even talked about it in the podcast before. I think we have. But we'll go into a little more detail. Now, so let's just get into it. Mary. Yeah. Did Goku die on Namek? Um, as convincing as that might have seen, seemed in um animation, I think not. Absolutely not. So we kind of have two things here. We have the manga and we have the TV series. If you're looking at the manga, it's very clear what the answer is. If you're looking at the TV series and you're not paying that close attention, might be a little confusing. What we're talking about here takes place in chapters 322 and 323. And if you're going by the TV series, I believe it's episode 100 on the dot. This is when Goku has already turned Super Saiyajin and he's fighting Frieza, who's in his final form. And Goku's doing this Kamehameha against him and Frieza's like kind of flying forward, trying to bust through that Kamehameha. And what he actually does is he busts through it and knocks Goku down into the ground. At the same point in time, back on Earth, Mr. Popo has summoned Shenlong, and he makes the wish to bring all those killed by Frieza back to life. The problem here in the TV series is that Goku is down there underground, underwater, for a very long time. Now this is a filler scene in which Gohan actually comes back and fights against Frieza, which doesn't happen in the manga. I really like the scene in the TV series because he launches that gigantic fucking Masenko against Frieza. Frieza actually gets a little scared too. It's just a good scene. But you're watching it and you're going, wait a minute. Someone just made a wish to bring people that were dead back to life. Goku just rose back out of the water. Wait a minute, what's going on So here? it's either just something that's animated to be dramatic or very, very poor timing or both. Yeah, kind of both. Now, remember... Mr. Popo made this wish to Shenlong. Shenlong has already brought Goku back to life once before. So wouldn't fans that are, you know, hardcore enough to be assuming that Goku died in the first place already know that Goku was already brought back once? I, I kind of see it go both ways. I see half of the people, you know, making that, wait a minute, he, he made that wish and he's coming out of the water. And then the other half are going, wait a minute, someone died... Wait, he can't bring him back. At this point in the series, Shenlong can only bring an individual back to life once. Therefore, Shenlong could not have brought Goku back to life in the Frieza saga. It's inherently impossible. So the tricky part is, like you said in the manga, it's pretty clear-cut. There's no filler scenes. There's no awkward animation with 
weird coincidental timings right, right. whereas in the anime because they have to pad things out it's a little more questionable as to what's going on but if you look at past facts right you know it is what it is it is i wouldn't say it's it's quick in the manga but it's a little faster here's what happens you know um frieza does that he busts through and knocks goku down into the ground mr popo makes that wish um, at that point, Frieza starts looking around, looking at the sky. He's going, hmm, is that the result of, you know, me attempting to blow up the planet? Mr. Popo's made the wish so all the Namekians are starting to not wake back up, but come back to life. And at that point, Frieza's looking around and Goku arises back up out of the water. And that turns into that great scene where Frieza mentions something about an earthling. And Goku launches into that, are you talking about Ganon? And it's just a great story. My ears exploded. <laughs> so it, it's faster in the manga and it's a little more clear, but no, it is inherently impossible for Goku have, to have died on Namek in that particular scene because Shenlong couldn't have brought them back to life. That seems like a pretty basic and well-known fact to disprove this I, rumor. I'm I surprised know. more people don't you know, take note of that. I know. It just comes up so often that I feel like it just needs to be addressed time and time again. But you know what? So be it. There we go. There you go. You really only need to say one thing. Shenlong. Done. We're going to turn over to a different rumor here. And this is another thing that I see a lot of, I don't want to say newer fans, but maybe a little bit of confused fans who aren't as familiar with um, some of the more intricacies of the show. They watch the Anuyoi Chibudokai, or perhaps movie 12, and they say, hmm, is Paikuhan, or as they might say, Paikon, his name is Paikuhan, is he Namekian? No, he's green. But, you know, like the last rumor, you have one definitive piece of information. And that one, you know, Shenlong can only bring someone back to life once. In this one, Paikuhan's from the Western Galaxy. Namek's in the Eastern Galaxy. So, yeah, unless he was sent off in a, a very fast-moving spaceship and was abandoned on some planet somewhere. Right. So that one definitely requires a bit more research in order a, a to disprove that. But I can certainly understand why people would, you know, get a little confused about Paikuhan's um, race. Right. Um, I think in terms of his features, the one thing, obviously, that distinguishes him from Piccolo is he has no antennae. That's and true. he's kind of got uh, pale green or dark green. I forget which exactly it is, but there's a slight contrast on his different. head. Yeah. He has, like, a little bit of... I think I might be completely wrong, but I thought he had little splotches kind of on the he top does, sides of his head. Kind of like Cell, almost. Yeah. And he's got the thick, big round lips. Also like Cell. If yeah. anything, I would consider him more of a cousin to Cell <laughs> form Cell than anything else. That's Holy true. crap. Now, um, normally we would just leave it at here. But there's some more interesting information about his character design that might lend a little bit of credit to this comparison with the Namekian. If we're talking about character designs, you know, the only reason why it's such a confusing thing in the first place is that in all honesty i think it's a lazy character design uh, absolutely i i totally agree and a lot of filler stuff has that unfortunate result is that it's just lazy but if you take a look at one of the more recent guides this is dragon ball z son goku densetsu this is one of the you know the four recent books from the last couple of years it's or the, as i like to call it's the blue one the yes the new blue one i like that description as well we have a lot of um, additional design work and explanations of things. And we have some character designs for Paikohan here. And uh, they just, you know, kind of basic stuff. He's the rival-esque character to Goku, who appears in the Anioichi Budokai, episode 90, uh, 195. He's also in movie 12. It explains a little bit about his name, Pan Paikohan, or Paigufan, um, spare ribs and rice. No, it's not P. 
pecans. Don't know where the hell you're coming up with this stuff, people. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Paiku Han. It's the character's name. Spare ribs and rice. Anyways, goes on to a couple extra things and uh, just talks about his character. Uh, he's got a halo. Um, and then it goes on to say the final uh, design they use for the anime, it says he's almost identical to the Toriyama design. But since he's a character from the afterlife, a Heaven Dwellers, or Angels, Halo was added. So basically, Toriyama kind of worked on the design for Paikohan a little bit, and they adapted it. Kind of like they did with um, Bardock. Uh, Toriyama adapted Nakatsuru's design for him. Toriyama's a little bit involved here. And uh, here's the really great stuff. He's a Piccolo-type character. And even in the anime's production materials, there are memos left that say, quote, Use Piccolo as a reference for the facial expressions. That's very interesting, because I think Piccolo is far more expressive than Paikuhan, I think. You know, this is going to sound stupid. I think it's because Piccolo has a nose. So when, he's, so when he scrunches up his face a little bit more, his nose yeah. kind of flares up a little bit. And with Paikuhan, I don't see that. Not much there. Yeah. Plus, in all honesty, I didn't pay too much attention to the Ana Yoichi stuff. I only I, saw I that know. on my dub tapes years ago, and I couldn't even watch them once because they were so awful. I remember we taped it off the International Channel. I, this is another little story. I was must have been my freshman year of college when it was still airing on the International Channel. And I, it was some kind of break. It must have been Christmas break or something because I set my timer to record like a month's worth of episodes. So why – I guess some break we have three or so weeks off. And I taped uh, the rest of the Anuyoichi Budokai episodes and I couldn't even get through it. Not even in Japanese. No. I mean it's just not that great. It's better than the Garlic Jr. arc, which I couldn't even finish in Japanese. I, I might have finished these you know what? I'd at rather, least in Fast Forward. I would rather watch Garlic Jr. than the Anuyoichi stuff. I'm torn now, now that I think about it. You know, I don't remember either one. That's true. So, so we would probably hate both now. Uh, maybe. All right. Maybe one day we'll have to sit down and find out. One day we'll have to go through the entire series, 1 through 508. Ooh, I feel my life ticking away. <laughs> Just thinking about it. We're going to move on to the next rumor here. Okay, and this okay. kind of ties in because we were talking about how the design might have had some Toriyama influence here. A lot of fans like to say, oh, Toriyama had nothing to do with the TV series. Toriyama had nothing to do with filler. Toriyama had nothing to do with the movies. So pretty much when there's anyone complaining about the series in any respect, people kind of use the argument of, oh, well, the anime sucks because Toriyama had nothing to do with it. Well... Well, that's a little incorrect. We've talked about in the past how Toriyama had a little bit to do with GT, of all things, doing some early uh, character designs and landscape designs and giving his approval for the series. Well, he also had some stuff to do with the TV series for Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z along the way. You know, he was obviously very involved with the manga at the time. Well, um, having made it. Right. On pretty much <laughs> a weekly schedule and weekly jump, trying to get those chapters out. But he was also involved with the TV series. And we knew a little bit about this along the way in the Daizenshu, especially Daizenshu 6 movies and TV specials. We have Toriyama's character designs for a lot of movie characters. Uh, he did the designs. Some of my favorites are movie 5 when he did Kula and Kula's henchmen. And he did a slightly altered design of Super Saiyajin uh, Goku. Uh, he designed the tree in movie 3. He did everyone in V7. He did the characters in movie 9, at least Bojack and Gokua. Uh, who else did he do? He did Minoshia in movie 13. Uh, he did Broly. Toriyama designed Broly, of all things. He did all sorts of stuff for the movies. But we're talking about the TV series here. A lot of people like to think Toriyama, oh, that filler, the filler is awful. Toriyama had nothing to do with that. Well, that's a little incorrect. And we didn't know too much about it. Uh, 
we're going to turn it back here to Son Goku Densetsu, as Mary likes to say, the blue book. And we have some great stuff here that they uh, finally dug out of a, a toilet somewhere. I <laughs> I don't really know where they found this stuff. Somewhere. A toilet in Japan <laughs> contains all the treasures of Dragon Ball you can ever imagine. We have some of that stuff from the Daizenshu. Uh, I'm looking right now at Kula's design, the Shinseiju from movie three. But we also have some great stuff from filler in the TV series. Now, luckily, I've had some translations here from Julian for, oh, since the book came out. And I haven't gotten around to doing anything with it on the site. Ooh. But let's go through a couple of these things here. We're talking about Paikuhan, but uh, Toriyama also did Daikayo, uh, who is the, the old rocker dude in the Anioichi Budoka. He's the leader of the four Kayo. It says, even his American-style casual clothes were Toriyama Sensei's design. That's great. Toriyama's doing some, uh, some fashion designs here. And here we have King Vegeta. And it shows Toriyama's design for him, Toriyama Sensei's design image. He didn't draw the rest of the body or his costume, only the design of the face. So there we have that. Toriyama did his face. He did the beard. That's pretty significant there. <laughs> it's very stylish. Right. Uh, and in the past, we, we did a whole episode about uh, Bardock and uh, Nakatsuru's designs for him. We have a whole tidbit about that, so you can definitely learn all about that. Uh, that's kind of uh, kind of filler, kind of not, because the Bardock special was separate, but then Toriyama adapted it into the manga as well. He retconned it. <laughs> he gave his approval on that. We also have some designs. The the two, as they say, ancient Saiyajin in the early Saiyajin arc, when Tenshinhan and Yamcha and Chaotzu and Kududin, did Yajirobe go with them? I don't think he did. I really I think can't he remember. Hung around outside. They go into that. Um, it's not the room of spirit in time, but it's kind of like it. And they the go pendulum back room in the past. Yeah, and they fight those two Saiyajin. Uh, Toriyama did some stuff for them, and then Toriyama actually did some great stuff with backstory. Uh, they were saying based on Toriyama Sensei's memo above, Planet Vegeta's history was related in things like episode twenty of the anime version, and this is. Uh, that's the scene with the backstory about uh, Vegeta's own kami rot destruction upon the planet. That whole inconsistency there. So even Toriyama was having problems with the consistency things. I think it just has a problem with memory. That too. And then we also have things like um, the relationship between Tenshinhan and Lunch. And Piccolo using that split body technique while he was training. And even the idea that Hell was beneath the Serpent Road. That, it's all Toriyama stuff. And on top of that... Yamcha playing baseball. Really? All Toriyama. That wasn't in the manga? No. Oh my gosh. Because I could totally picture Yamcha I know, right? Baseball. I know. It's so absurd. I love that scene of him where, and this, again, makes for great radio. I'm, I'm doing my impression. Where he kind of closes his eyes and puts his, his hands down forward and kind of prances onto the field to get into the fight. Right. Like, that, that's Yamcha. That's so good. He just wants to get into a... Nice sports brawl. He does. How manly. He's ready for a fight. So if you want to check out all the stuff that Toriyama had to do with filler in the TV series, check out this book, Songoku Densetsu. The Blue uh, Book. The Blue Book. You should very easily be able to find this book. Maybe we can put some links to it uh, where to buy it. But yeah, Toriyama didn't have nothing to do with the TV series. Well, uh, I think that's going to wrap up the topic for the week. I need to get these things up on the site now. Right. There's your motivation. Oh, God, I have my work cut Actual deadlines. Hopefully we'll have some more rumors in the future because Lord knows with a show like this, there's never any shortage of 
incorrect things people think about oh, the show. God. I definitely have some. I know of two video game ones off the top of my head, but I wanted to do a little more research on them to see where they, you know, completely originated from. Because I like to tell the whole story with things, not just, oh, we saw this image somewhere, but like who made it. and That's what... hard to track down. It is, but it can be done, especially with a couple of the more recent things. So there are some new rumors for you. Hope you enjoyed them. Definitely check out the old rumors. They're hilarious. Absolutely. It's a There's great read. Some great stuff in there. Normally, we would go into DBZ ABCs with Julian, but he's off singing somewhere. So instead, we're going to turn it over directly to Mary. Thank you. For your top five list. All right. This list cracks my shit up. What shit? Um, not literal shit. Oh, uh, the figurative shit. Exactly. You gotcha. got it. And, uh, I have to admit to giving you credit for this fabulous topic idea. It's so hilarious. I can't believe I didn't think of this sooner. <laughs> I know. I've actually been holding on to this one for a while. And... Oh, you've been holding out on me. Yeah. Okay. Mary, this is the top five Daisuke Gori characters. Yep. And if that sounds a little weird to you out there, um, this guy is a, a voice actor. Obviously, he worked in Dragon Ball. And he is uh, infamous for playing a shit ton of characters. I believe he is old man number three in... No. Pick an episode. Pretty much. He's the generic old man voice, but you'll also know him as many uh, mid to top tier, no, just mid, mid tier <laughs> characters from the show. Um, If you want to equate this to dubness, you can call him the Chris Sabit of the <laughs> Japanese version of Dragon Ball Z. There's actually two guys who did a lot of voices. There is this guy and there's also Joji Yanami, who was Kaiosama and the narrator. Mm -hmm. But this guy did so many more voices. Yes. He's just everywhere. Every time some kind of not quite old, old, but older character, kind of rough, Middle -aged. kind of like really into himself, this is who he is. Pretty much. And once we finish up the list, I want to go over with you the other characters yes. that he did just so we can really drive the point home that this guy's insane. Right. It's not like we're doing the top five and there's only five. No, this is, there's top five of a lot more. Oh, about a billion. So, let's, um. Let's get into it. Alrighty. Number five Daisuke Gori character. Is Enma Dayo. Yes. And the reason I put him at number five is that. This guy has a very distinctive voice, almost to the point that all the other voices that aren't on this list sound like Enma Dayo. So because Enma Dayo sounds like everyone else that he does, he's at number five. <laughs> He's a little more notable than some of these other guys. Right. Like he's a he's a bigger character than some of these other guys, but the voice the is voice the same. Is exactly the same. Of his other minor minor characters. So gotcha. There you go. Number four. Number four is a bit more distinctive. That would be um a big giant green dragon that you can't miss. And he talks like this. Only not female in in English. Where? Sounding drunk. I missed him. Where is he? Up in the sky. It's oh. a bird. It's a planet. Shenlong. Oh, right, right, right. That dude. Yeah, he grants wishes. And granted, he has a bit of distortion applied to his... Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, he doesn't quite say Sarabada. He says like... Yes. <laughs> Sarabaja. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ja? Yeah, yeah. It's a nice distinctive oh, oh, oh. honor to be able to play the almighty dragon god. That's true. Moving on. 
Yes. Yeah, Number three. Number three is big guy. He's big papa. Not a pimp papa. Okay. Sorry. Whatever. Who is it? It's King Cold. King Cold. Really not too much to say about the guy other than he sounds a bit different from Enmadaya, which is why I put King Cold a in three. A little bit different, yeah. He's slightly more distinctive and he has such a short appearance that he's kind of a rare yeah. occurrence. Just a couple episodes. Yeah, so, um, yay on that. Yeah, on that number two. Number two is a fun role. And this is probably his most distinct voice. Right, it's probably definitely the most different out of all the other voices that he does since the rest of them do admittedly sound the same. Right. Um, he gets to play the turtle, Umigami. That's right. And uh, he's comedy relief. Yeah. I mean, not that not that half the other characters on this list that he plays aren't comedy relief, but uh, at least he's an animal. Well, so is Shenlong. Oh, never mind. Hi, hi, hi. Dochira-san. Mutenro-shi-iru-ka. Ha-ha-ha-ha. I guess he plays a lot of animals after all. Number one. Number one is the one, the yeah. only, Mr. Satan. Yeah. He has the most uh, staying power. Well, so is the turtle and Shenlong. Mr. Satan's where it's at, though. I mean, he really gets to play with his voice in right. this character. Like, you don't get anyone more cocky and pompous and... And crazy <laughs> at the same time. Right, pretty much. So you get a wide, I'm not going to say a wide range of emotions. <laughs> um, you just get to bring on the wacky. Yeah. <笑>この世に正義のヒーロー、ミスターサタンがいる限り、貴様らの好きには絶対されんぞ。マスコミを着てないのか、取材はどうした正義のヒーロー、ミスターサタンが悪を懲らしめてんだぞ。くそ。し
shitty job there. Next time I'll do better and come up with an idea of my own. Hey, actually, if any of you guys out there have suggestions for top five lists, I would love to hear them. I'm sure you guys got some crazy ideas that we've not even considered yet. If you have any ideas, feel free to email them over to us. We'll go over the uh, contact information later in the show, but it's podcast at dizex.com. Send them on over if you have any ideas. And with that, we're going to turn it over into releases. Merde coming out on December 6th. Well, you actually did this one last week. Yeah. So, so I'll take this one. Okay. And then you can take the next one. Great. On December 6th, Dragon Ball Z, I can't talk. 40, 41, and 42 coming out in Japan. This covers episodes 232 through 249. This is uh, the meat of the Majin Buu story arc here. These are 3,990 yen a pop. So around $35, $36. Again, these are the Japanese R2 releases based off the Dragon Box that came out a couple years ago. Remastered picture, remastered sound, progressive, full screen, no subtitles. You know the fucking drill by now. Mary coming out on December 13th. For all you Spanish-speaking fans out there, we've got Dragon Ball Z Volume 6 and 7, La Saga de Frieza. Ay, ay, that ay, was ay. great. Yeah, these cover episodes 41 through 56. That's pretty early on, I think. Uh, early in the Frieza stuff. Uh, and that goes for 24.95 euros each. You can find more about these releases on ZonaDVD.com or possibly Z on a DVD.com. <laughs> that's, um, <laughs> that's what we prefer to say because it's more. It's funny. It, it's yeah. It's more funny. It's more funnier. <laughs> it's hilarity. And as we talked about earlier on the episode, coming out on December twentieth over in Japan is Dragon Ball Z Best Remix 2006 One Half Special. <laughs> oh, I got a suggestion for something to buy that doesn't have a release date, but um, Christmas and other holidays are coming up. Why not get your Dragon Ball friend in the family a lovely import Dragon Ball Z calendar? I know we talked about that briefly. That's a good idea. In a previous uh, podcast, I think yeah. we discussed them, but um, yeah, it's almost 2007, and Bulma calendar, yes please. Bulma and the Chihonka Wonkas. Chihonka Wonkas! yeah! Oh god, I am so not gay. Let's go to emails. <laughs> We have a couple emails this week, and the first one comes to us from Sunny Z. And Sunny says, Hey, Vegeta EX and Dizey X crew, Sunny here. Sup, Sunny? Let me first start with, I love the show, and I've been a big fan. I have to give you all props, because every week there's a new show. Most podcasts skip a week over a long-ass break. No, not you guys. You're there when I need my Dragon Ball Z fix. Mm, yeah, I need my shit, baby. Come on. Come on, podcast. <laughs> and like Mary, I love Trunks, and I'm a big fan, and this is why I need your help. Because the only Dragon Ball Z movie I do not have is a history of Trunks. Well, first, Sonny, here's your problem. That's a TV special, not a movie. Contrary to what Funimation may lead you to believe, it is the second DBZ TV special. Sonny goes on to say, I need it. I need it. I need this. He needs a shit, baby. I need my shit. It's ludicrous. The Z store, they want $30 for it. I can't find it anywhere in stores where I live. Please tell me. If you do, I'll be your slave for life. I need more of those, so let me provide you with an answer. Okay. You can get this pretty much anywhere online with a reputable online retailer for pretty damn dirt cheap. I'm sure you can find it on, may I recommend, deepdiscountdvd.com for extremely low, low prices. Let's look it up and see how much it is right now. Alrighty. Not quite so much $9, more like $14.99, but not hey, too bad. it's still not 30 And free shipping, too, so that's good. 
And that's just one of several sites. You can always find it on Amazon. Let's or... look on Amazon see how much it is. We're going under the assumption that you have no problems uh, shopping online. Uh, don't get it from Amazon. The DVD is twenty two forty six there. So uh, go to Deep Discount DVD. Yeah. You're not going to find this in stores. This came out a long time ago on 2000, DVD. 2001-ish. Well, this is just a job for the Daisenshu EX DVD guide. The Trunks TV special, wow, came out December 12th, 2000. Nearly six years six ago. Six years ago. This. Oh, my, oh my God. Because I remember at that point I'd known about the Trunks TV special for like ever, and I was desperately waiting for its DVD release, and that was six years ago. <sighs> oh, my God. Anyways, yeah, you're not going to be able to just walk into Best Buy and find this anymore. If you have a Suncoast around you, if it hasn't come out of business, they might have it, but they're going to have it for full price. So uh, your best bet is really to get this online. Check out Deep Discount DVD. Uh, we'll put a link up in the show notes for this episode, $15. Probably the best price you're going to get if you don't get it used on eBay or something like that. Right. So there you go. Let's move on to the next email. Mary, mm-hmm. read this email from Saad Aziz. All right. Saad writes, hmm, I wanted to ask some questions. I just started listening to your podcast. So ignore if you were already asked this. So which game would you rather have next? Budokai 4, Sparking 3, or Super DBZ2. Super DBZ2. Okay, please, thanks. The okay, end. Okay, you know what? I can't dispute that. I agree. <laughs> I'm not the hugest Sparking fan. Um, the very first episode of the podcast, I believe we called it Sparking Afterthoughts. And that was after Sparking had been out for a little bit, the first Sparking game. We talked a little bit about what we thought about it. And just a couple weeks ago, we reviewed Sparking Neo, which just recently came out in Japan. I'm not the biggest fan of the games. I don't dislike them, but I don't love them either. Next up on my list would be the Budokai series. I think they're a good mix of a traditional fighting game and a casual... Random nonsense? Anime shovelware kind of game. Pretty much. (laughs) It's like the perfect definition for this. Unless Uh, they make some major breakthrough, I don't know what else they can do with the series to justify putting out another one. But they did so much better each time, so I can only imagine what they would come up with for a fourth one. Super perfect edition. Yeah. Turbo. And then next, I loved the first Super DBZ. I am... A huge old school Street Fighter fan. So having the dude who worked on Street Fighter 2 work on a Dragon Ball Z game for me, I'm like, hells yeah, I am there. For me, the best way they can improve on a Super DBZ game is to simply add more characters. Right, because the fighting system is there. They'll they'll tweak that fighting system, make it even better. Um, maybe get some parries in there for me. I am I can't wait and I hope for a sequel to that game. So I'm most looking forward to Super DBZ 2 if and when there is one. Very same conclusion. I agree. And Julian doesn't play video games, so fuck But him. I'm sure, you know what, let's say he says Super DBZ 2. That's true, because he played the first one in arcades in Japan. That is so my logic. that's all he's got to do. All right, the next email comes to us from Jake Man. And Jake Man says, I have a question about the scouters you got with the Dragon Box. And this was Dragon Box the Movies. Can you talk to other people with scouters, or is it only to the two you own? Why do you ask? Because I've got my hands on the set of these lovely babies. Well, it all comes down to the fact that they are essentially walkie-talkies. Very minimal-range walkie-talkies. Now, they definitely communicate to each other. Yes. If you had other people in the same area with the same kind of scouters, I can only assume that they just operate on the same stupid frequency. Probably. Who knows if we'll ever get ourselves into a situation where we can actually test this out. That would be insane. It would also be very frightening. Yeah. But I'm going to say yes, even though I've never tested it. 
So, so don't take that as fact. Take if, that as assumption. If you want to fly out here and we'll talk under scouters and you can fly home, we'll know for sure. But there's our answer. It's an odd answer, but an answer nonetheless. That is very true. We have one last thing, and this is an audio email. We haven't gotten too many of these lately, although I am sitting on some. So maybe we'll dive into the archive in a little bit. This comes to us from Kerbifer. This is the kind of thing we get, and it just like makes our hearts warm. And uh, we wanted to play it as uh, a big thank you. So here we go. Hiya, kids. Kerbifer here. You know, I don't make AMVs, but I do make Flash movies. So I know what it's like to be trapped in those tedious sessions of cyber construction. And if I didn't have my good friend Dizenshu EX, the podcast, to keep me company during those long hours of work, well, I'd probably shoot myself in the head with Princess Snake's shiny little six-shooter. So, to Mike, Julian, Mary, Scott, Maggie, Caster, God of Chaos, Napier, Andrew, Jeff, anyone else that I missed that's been on the podcast, and all the fine peoples at the Daisenshu EX Forum, happy anniversary. And here's to another good year. So, wow, thank you for thanking us and all of our guests. That was very nice of you. Yes, thank you very much. And we look forward to another full year as well. Well, I guess that wraps it up, huh? That does wrap up our emails for the week. If you would like to send us an email, you want to send us some feedback on the podcast, you want to send some uh, ideas for top five lists, you want to ask some questions that we can answer on the show, oh, so simple, head on over to Daisenshu EX. Over on the left, there's a link for contact. There you get all of the information. And uh, if you don't feel like doing that, and if uh, you're one of those people that just kind of, you're off in your own world, maybe at work, like I am listening to podcasts, it is podcast at dizex.com, D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Well, that's going to wrap up the uh, the episode as a whole. We miss Julian, but we await his return in the future. We do his glorious return. We also await a future Jump Ultimate Stars game review. We do. What else are we awaiting in the future? More contests? Yeah, we got uh, more contests coming up probably for the holiday season, but first we have the skits option. Ooh, the hotness. Bring on the hotness. That's in the, about a week now. On December 10th, our good old buddy Skits, who ran DBZ Season 3 back in the day, is running an auction for all 10 Daisenshu and the two GT Perfect file books. Uh, again, that auction is going to start on December 10th, and when it reaches a certain price point, I'm throwing in Legends for the PS1. And when it reaches another certain price point, I'm throwing in Idainoru Songoku Densetsu for the PC Engine. And if you don't own either of those two systems, you can actually emulate both of those on your computer. I'm totally cool with emulating a system if you own the actual games. And uh, these are the original Japanese games, so that is awesome. Look forward to that in about a week, December 10th. Give you all the links you need to know. Look forward to that. We've got interviews coming up. We've got contests coming up. We've got reviews coming up. I got my work cut out for me. I gotta get to work like now, editing this episode. Well, I go play Zelda. I need a brownie. Oh, jeez. I live the good life. That's true. I work my ass off and every play Zelda. Yeah. I see how it is. Hey, occasionally I do my own list images. That's when true. I remember. And speaking of what I need to do last week, so I apologize yeah. for the delay in that. You are Mary from Temple O Trunks, and you can find Temple O Trunks at templeotrunks.com. That is T E M P L E O T R U N K S dot com. Fancy that. It is fancy. It's damn fancy. And uh, for Mary over here, for Julian who's singing, like I said, I am Mike Fabri, Vegito EX. You should like to say your name a lot. I am. You've said it like three times. Because I, I can't remember. Fine, I will say, I am. Uh, Dice King. <laughs> oh, I am Dice King. <laughs> and. You sound like a Muppet. <laughs> you sound like... Oh, do, 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 my belly, 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 belly. 
Comic you can find Dyson Shoe EX at www.daizex.com. That is Dyson Shoe EX, Dyson I am like the B, Vegeta EX, and I'm sinking like a stone in the sea. I'm burning like a bridge to your body. Dyson Shoe EX podcast all. Sub-tube-o-kite-i-kusate-o-ne-gai-wa-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha